Maybe don't know. Maybe don't know. This time, 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 What's up, everybody? I am your host, Chris Hampton. Welcome to episode 110 of the Power Company Podcast, brought to you by PowerCompanyClimbing.com. Today's board meeting is part two of a five-part series of the top five most common red point pitfalls featuring special guest Drew Mack. If you haven't listened to part one, go back and do that, episode 109. And today we are jumping into our number four most common red point pitfall. Allowed. Please I, stop fighting, guys. I just dropped it. <laughs> um, sorry, Drew. Uh, number four is actually something I see a lot. And that's what we said with all these. We see these a lot. These could all be number one. Um, is that people get stuck in bad beta mm-hmm. really easily. And I'm going to go ahead and just say this. Um, even though this will sort of overarch this entire part of the conversation. But just because you did a move doesn't mean it's the best way to do the move. And that's what I see happen so often is people just going bolt to bolt, doing links, whatever. They do a move a certain way, and then that's the way they do it forever to the point of they will preach it to you. No, this is the way you do that move. And I'm like, have you tried it the other way? You know, maybe the other way is better, but you haven't tried it, so you don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, bad beta and getting being closed-minded with it. I've got a pretty great story with this. Um, when I first moved to the new, oh, this was in 2011, went out there and started climbing on a hard route with a buddy, and he already had mm, close to 200 days in on it. Um, mega, mega proj. And immediately within like my second go of going up it, I was like, man, you're using some kind of funky beta. And like, you know, he was making some sections quite hard. Um, but he had literally stuck with his bad beta for so long and had dialed it, in, dialed it in so much, he could not switch to the easier method because he had so much muscle memory right. yeah. that even though these other sequences were maybe like two V grades easier, he couldn't do it. Like it was harder because he had... St- stuck with his bad method for so long. Yep. Yeah, I've seen that quite a bit. And I actually see a lot of really strong climbers with really bad beta. Oh, yeah. Because they don't need the good beta a lot mm-hmm. of the times. Um, uh, BJ Tilden is a great example. He's got some of the wackest fucking beta <laughs> I've ever seen because he can just do it that way. And there's not a big difference for him between V8 and V11. You know, it's it, they all feel the same to him. It'd be like me switching from 5.9 to 5.10 moves. I can't tell the difference. So I just don't worry about it. And he doesn't worry about that kind of stuff. Um, So I think one part of being stuck in bad beta is watching stronger people do the climb and saying, oh, that's the way. I'm going to do it that way. And then just, not doesn't even have to be stronger people, just other people Mm -hmm. doing the move and then saying, that's the way to do it. That's the way I'm going to do it. That's the accepted method I'm not going to explore around because this is the way such and such did it. Totally. I mean, that's so common. Like 
And I think what a lot of people fall into the trap of is, oh, well, this is the beta that everyone has used before me. I'll just follow it. And then what's funny is I feel like those routes or those boulder problems are the ones that normally have like a completely different set of beta where it's like, oh yeah, everyone just does a giant jump. And it's like, oh, well, there's like, you know, an undercling over here and you can just drop me and right. But no one has ever explored it because like this is the beta. Right. Um, or the inverse where, you know, you don't know what anybody does and you find your own way. Oh, yeah. you do some fucked up shit. You yeah. do some really bad stuff and <clears throat> that's just, you know, the way it is. And you don't take the time to relearn or listen to other people. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a big mistake is like just because you have your way, people will then not still talk about the moves with other people, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. They're just like, oh, no, I know that sequence. When just by asking, you could probably learn something. Yeah, I've fallen into that trap quite a few times, actually. That's because you're cocky. Well, that, that's <laughs> mostly why, yeah. You're, you're exactly right. Um, <laughs> but actually, it's because I often climb without other people who are at that level. Yeah, totally. You know, so I end up figuring out the beta on my own all the time and isn't always the right way. And I like being, I like someone else showing up and being and doing it. And then I'm like, oh, like the heavens just parted and I saw Mm. the light. That's really fun for me. There was a time years and years ago when I was an off with climber with no good sense. And I did this, off with in the red i know that was i did this off with in the red it was an fa i think and which one i can't remember the name of it (laughs) i named it but i don't remember the name of it um but it was in a corner wide crack in a corner really cool steep finish really fun well as fun as off with climbing can be and i thought it was like 11c the guy who went up and did the second ascent was like, maybe I didn't do the same route as you. I thought it was like 10A or 10B. Oh, man. And I was like, really? You know, where was it at? And he described it perfectly. And <laughs> I'm like, well, what did you do? And he's like, well, I just stemmed up the whole thing. You know, there's all these giant holds through that steep section on the left side of the wall. And I was like, oh, well, my back was to the left wall the entire time. So I had, I never even saw any holds. Mm-hmm. Like it was just this blank off with to me. You know, and then next time I went up there, I did it his way, and it was for sure ten A or ten B. Um, and I think that's a that's a good example of it, like just being so blinded by your method that mm-hmm. you just don't see other methods. No, totally. And it's it's one of those things that's tough too. Like um, we were just talking earlier about supercharger and how yeah. I was trying the exit crux and. Drew was around the crags. He's warming up at drive-by to go try 50 words for pump. And Drew was like, hey, Nate, you want some beta? I was like, yeah, sure. And uh, so he tells me what uh, he does. And I'm like, I look at it because I'm like, it's right in front of me. And I'm like, nah, that's fucked. Um, so I go back to my own method. And after a few times, I was like, ah, I guess I'll try his beta. And, and it's one of those things that like, I looked at it. It looked horrible. Even when I pulled on, I was like, no, this feels horrible. In the second I went for the move, I was like, oh, this is significantly better. So even like looking at it, pulling into the position, all felt terrible. But it wasn't until I actually like went for it that I was like, oh, this is a game changer. Um, And if it wasn't for that, I probably wouldn't have done the route. Definitely not like last fall. Um, But it's one of those things that's so easy to, until you try something, to just write off other people's beta. Yeah, and I had the same exact experience on the same exact route where I was like (laughs) going right. 
doing mm-hmm. a different way. And then somebody showed me that beta, just like I showed you, and and it you know it changed the route for me. Yeah. So it's one of those things. Um, yeah, you can fall into the trap of. And two, it's just like I think it's nice to have beta of someone either right at your strength or just a touch weaker. Just a touch weaker is really nice because they have to make it more efficient. Um, yeah, as long as they're good at finding ways through things. Yes. Like I've actually climbed with people who they could climb very well. Like they could climb very hard routes, but they were so dependent on making a five move sequence into a 15 move sequence right. that I couldn't do it. I was like, yes, this may be easier, but it's like, I'll choose a two move V8 over a 15 move V6 any day of the week. Right. And I right. might be the opposite. Yeah, totally. Mm. I mean, I think that's, yeah. that's so, certainly, certainly a feasible thing. I mean, that's a real thing. Yep. You have to play to your strengths when you're really trying to send something. Yeah. Um, but that does bring up a point. If you're trying whack beta and you've been able to do it, like you mentioned your friend in the new, and then you give one attempt at this new beta, it's going to feel foreign. Oftentimes it's going to feel a little harder unless you give it a number of attempts. And I think that's a big mistake in this being stuck in bad beta. They'll touch the move the way someone else said to do it and then they're just like nah my, my method's better and they'll go right back to the other method oh, that's a super important <clears throat> point um because i because yeah you think about it, there's so many times where you'll try a move and it'll feel horrible the first time and then after like five goes you're like okay cool never fall on it again so if you try someone else's method and you just give it the first try where it's going to feel horrible because it's new and foreign to you and that's what you gauge it off of then it's like you're not really giving it much of a chance um, yeah, and that's, I mean, that's a trap I still fall into for sure. Like yep. it's, you know, it's tough and you only have so much energy when you're on a rock climb to like try all this different beta. Um, so it's an easy trap to fall into. Oh. Is there a no time when it's okay to use terrible beta? Yes. Um, Continue. Even though. That's Pontus. <laughs> <laughs> when keeping when it real goes wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and actually... I have a hard time calling this bad beta, but I think it is okay to make a move more difficult if it somehow makes the next sequence or the exit moves or whatever easier. Um, efficiency. You yeah, know, it could exactly. Be faster or that even, way. And it has to be overall efficiency yeah. in the or grand like scheme of effectiveness. things. Effectiveness. Yeah. That's a good word. Yeah, effectiveness. I've I've seen a lot of people get trapped in something even as simple as like, I need to have my left hand in this pocket to do this move, but it's easier to get my right hand there. Mm-hmm. So they will spend days trying to find a method where they get the right hand there and can still make the rest of it work. And I'm just like, why don't you just figure out, like, do the hard move to get your left hand there? But it's too hard. I'm like, but it's the only way you're going to continue, you know? And for some reason, some people just can't grasp that. Like sometimes you have to make a move harder to be in the right sequence. Totally. So like the most common situation where I see this and it cracks me up is if someone, let's say they have a left hand on a jug and a right hand on a crimp, they want to keep their left hand on that jug. It doesn't sure. matter if it takes them completely out of sequence. They're like, but this is the good hand. Why wouldn't I just use this? It's like, right. well, sometimes you got to front load the work. It's like, yes, maybe you'll make this next move one V grade harder, but it'll make the whole next sequence 3V grades easier. The setup. Right. Yep. The setup. 
Exactly. The um, setup. I needed to say it too like that. So yeah. No, that's <laughs> like, I think that's a really important thing to think about is like the effectiveness of the entire climb. Um, a good example of this is, and also it depends on how strong you are. Yeah. Um, so like midway at Little Rock City. Mm. For people don't know, it's like a seam traverse. It's like crimson a seam with slopey, smeary feet. No feet. Yeah. That's, that's the way I see it. <laughs> Thank you. You're proving my point already. So when people do the Chattanooga and the V12s, and so the midway is V7, and the sit starts V12, yep. and it's heinous crimps from the sit. People who do the V12 just campus all of midway. Right. But people who do midway as their first V7 do it with all the smeary, heinous, smeary, polished feet. Right. But the thing is, if you're a V12 crimper, campusing midway is probably a more efficient slash effective method. Right, you're through it way faster that yeah, way. Yeah, you're going to save more energy. You're strong enough that you can just bust through it. You have no chance of your foot popping. But if you're a V7 climber, you know, you sure as shit aren't going to try and be campusing. You'll never make it. Right. So like effectiveness can change what, to what your strengths are. Yeah, and I find, I mean, this one's a little different. It would be the inverse of like kind of a bouldering bad beta also would be, I find shaking out on a rest and in the the time on the rest uh like can be bad beta uh like that route living in fear we were talking about earlier mm -hmm. like you can definitely get trapped in some rest trying yeah. to oh, rest yeah. too long yeah um can ultimately be worse for you yeah than just getting there chalking up coming down and going yeah um, which if is something that like you know is neglected as beta you don't normally think of resting as beta I it's think a huge. lot but it's really important as well yeah I fell into the trap for a long time of whenever I hit a jug I would just shake out because that's what you do when you climb the red and just recently actually when I was trying Endeavor to Persevere up in sinks I was having a really hard time with this kind of intro middle section um, right after the hard boulder problem you you're in the middle of this next boulder problem and there's a jug right there in the middle of the boulder and i'm like it's jug i have to stay here yeah. i have to hang out i have to shake out i need to get everything back right here these are the rules but it's in a funky position and feet might be bad yeah the feet were bad and for like four attempts i just kept trying to hang out there yeah and finally i was like this is really fucking stupid I just need to keep moving. And that made all the difference. Yeah. Yeah. No, I had the same experience last fall. I was climbing on a route. I had spent the summer getting in shape for Zookeeper, which was like a 25 move sprint. So shaking was out of the question, but I was trying a really huge, like 100. Didn't you say 26 earlier? Uh, it depends if you use an intermediate or not. Oh, so um, changing the story, Drew. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I told you 30 and I got called out. Yeah. Well, it's 25, it's 25 to 26 to the hand jam and you can't fall out of hand jams. It's just not physically possible. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's not a thing. Some yeah. people don't use the hand jam. Well, those people are wrong. I'm not saying I didn't. <laughs> I definitely did. Dylan Bark, shout out. <laughs> oh man. Love you, yeah. bro. <laughs> um, learn how to hand jam. But yeah, so I was really fit for just sprinting. And I was trying this big 110 foot route and it had a big rest in the middle of a hard section, but it was like kind of physically taxing. Like I could get my forearms to be 100% recovered to where I wasn't pumped, but I was powered down for the second half of this crux. Right. So what I realized was I could get there, still be kind of pumped, like mm -hmm. surprisingly pumped, chalk each hand and then run through. And even though I was like significantly more pumped, 
I was still much more snappy and powerful. Mm. Um, which was like into like a whole nother debate about, you know, time under tension and yeah. Yeah. No. And it's like, it's, it's a really weird thing to try and like learn and practice. Um, and it's something I still don't fully understand. Um, but yeah, so it was crazy that I would intentionally leave myself more pumped. Um, but I would get through the next section better. Right. Um, and then the only other time I would say that it's really good to use bad beta and it's, is when it's really bitching, like when the when sequence cool. is cool. Yeah. yeah. Like the thing I did in the machine shop the other day where I was intentionally not using my feet and pogoing. Yeah. Yeah. I was basically just like doing an extra campus move because it was way more fun and made me feel like Ty Landman. Yeah. I mean, you got to do it for the gram sometimes. Yeah. I tell Definitely. people all the time that the coolest move in the machine shop, and I think I've showed you the problem that... That would be really bad beta on a route. I would never do it that way. But I can force you to do it in my gym. So yeah. yeah. You know, sometimes like especially with boulder problems, I find myself just like sometimes I just want to do things a fun way. Mm-hmm. Like either if it's a historic method, like on Rude Boys and Smith, you don't have to do the giant rose. Big rose move. But come on. Like, of course I'm gonna do that giant rose move. Like right. um, so things like that. Like, you know, if it adds enjoyment, go for it. But don't be an idiot. Yeah, and I think if you're trying to send, like if if this is a if you're going to do this, if you if you're on siding, if it's your send go, whatever, and your beta is the bad beta, then but that works for you. If that's not the most efficient way for everybody else, then fucking stick to it. Mm-hmm. No, totally I'm cool with that. Yeah. All right, um, number three. Can you read Nate's notes over there, Drew? I can. Uh, in my Spencerian script. Yeah. yeah. I'll let you do I wish I could three. show you guys the G's that he writes. <laughs> Real G's move in silence like lasagna. You stole it from me. We were all just going to say it at the same <laughs> yeah. time. Wow. It would have been great if we could have harmonized that. <laughs> yeah. We still um, could. You each could say it and then I could edit it so that we're harmonizing it. Auto-tune all of us. <laughs> um, all right. What's our number so, three, Drew? Little Wayne's greatest of all time. Prove me wrong. Um, number three. <laughs> That's another podcast. <laughs> Carter two all day. Uh, so number three is going to be about links. Those linky dinkies. Abe Lincoln. Uh, those Abe Lincolns. Abe Lincolns. Is what Tara Shout Kirshner out would say. Tara Kirshner. Yeah. All right. Y'all are just going to have to wait until tomorrow for part three of this series, which actually will be our third in the series um, our number three red point pitfall it's the only time those are going to line up because that's how math works when we're counting down and counting up at the same time anyway you all can find drew mac on the instagrams at drew mac five you can find nate Drolet on the instagrams at crux padwell you can find us at powercompanyclimbing.com you can also find me at Power Company Climbing on the Instagrams, the Pinterests, and the Facebooks. You can search for all three of us on the Twitters. You'll probably find things, but you won't find us because we don't tweet. We scream like eagles. This time, 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 this